We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for January 4th, 2015. And this is our first study for 2015. It's going to be a, I guess what we did last time, call it a mega study. About a 25-page PDF. Uh, a lot of scripture. A lot of different subjects we're going to be covering today. Very diverse amount of subjects. Some of these I've been meaning to get to. Uh, particularly one. I've been meaning to get to the last one I'll be covering for a while, and um, uh, probably going to go another two weeks then before I post another study. I'm going to be sending away my um, the audio equipment I have to a listener who's going to um, be upgrading it, basically, or help me get it better so that the audios are uh, coming through at a higher quality and more professional. So... Um, Anyway, let's go ahead and get into the first part of the study. And this is entitled, Will Our Scoff Law President Try to Enforce an Unratified Arms Trade Treaty? A quote from William Pitt, House of Commons, November, November 18, 1783. He said, Necessity is the plea for every infringement of human freedom. It is the argument of tyrants. It is the creed of slaves. So, Really, though, if we expand on that concept, the whole concept of the Hegelian dialectic of creating this, creating the conflict, creating the solution, and melding it together to bring about their order out of chaos in this particular case, Order Ab Cal, the 33rd degree Freemasonic motto, um, which in this case, the ultimate goal is to bring the new world order out of the chaos of the destruction of the old world order to take us from the age of, as they term it, as the occultist term it, the age of Aquarius, or age of Pisces, into the age of Aquarius. And they view the age of Pisces was dominated by the uh, Jesus of, of I, don't, I don't even think they would even, New Agers would refer to him as the Jesus of the Bible, but their version of Jesus, who they call Master Jesus, or Esau, Sananda, Emmanuel, uh, which is going to be one of the Ascended Masters coming back, part of the great end-time deception that we are most likely on the cusp of, out of many Ascended Masters, who looks just like the long hair, um, hippie, Adonis Jesus that we see on all the walls in the uh, so many churches and through Catholicism. And I got into that, in, I don't know, a couple studies ago on, on the whole origins of that image and uh, how millions and millions are going to fall for the coming deception from a Christian angle just based on the fact that he's going to look just like that picture. And that's all they're going to need to see. It doesn't matter if it, what he's saying doesn't goes against the Bible. It doesn't matter if what he says is is going to totally contradict it, and then he's going to denigrate, and he's going to say that you got it all wrong. That's not going to matter. All that's going to matter is that he looks like the same guy that's hanging on, my, hanging on my wall. So, if you got any of those pictures, I advise you to get rid of them, because there's, there's a big fat devil that comes attached to every one of those. You're bringing literally a cursed object into your possession, and it will affect you uh, on some level. So, going forward... To recap some of what dictator Obama has done in horrific pres in this his horrific presidency, he has sold guns to Central American gangs 
and Mexican drug cartels, courtesy of Operation Fast and Furious. He has opened our southern border to ingress by these very criminals, as well as Muslim terrorists and others. Obama also works daily to give the worst kinds of weapons to the Muslim fanatics running the nation of Iran. and all, They also helped to start ISIS, trained them. Okay. Um, and when it comes to the American people, Obama has signed executive orders, presidential memoranda aimed at infringing on the rights of people to keep and bear arms. Obama plans to use medical doctors as his agents under the guise of Obamacare, which is getting worse all the time uh, as they as they as they implement that incrementally. To doing this to create a national registry of gun owners, and that he also plans to use medical reasons to disqualify Americans under unconstitutional Obamacare rules from gun ownership, creating the conditions for an unprecedented federal gun grab. See, they really want it, they're, they're doing this incrementally on in a lot of different levels, but Obamacare is one of the main ways that they will ultimately try to abolish the Second Amendment and create this gun registry database and hold health care over your head in order for you to give up your guns because you're not going to be able to get it without giving up your guns. That's the ultimate goal of that. So, um... I also, and I think I put this report out recently, and I didn't, I'm not covering it today because I need to get more confirmation. I think they're beta testing this whole concept of um, a guy that had went in, broke a leg, broke an arm or something, got the cast put on. I, I guess maybe there was a cut involved, so they brought in the old tetanus vaccine, and um, coincidentally enough with uh, tetanus, there's a report that just came out this week. And it's basically the tetanus vaccine is being used as a depopulation tool in uh, Africa. And again, vaccines, that's one of the main agendas behind vaccines is depopulation of the planet. It's, its you know, uh, yeah, tetanus vaccines found spiked with centralized sterilization chemical to carry out race-based genocide against Africans. So maybe this one is really specifically, because they... That's one of their main goals, particularly, is to wipe out the black races. Why do you think that they have targeted, in the inner cities, the black neighborhoods with, like, Planned Parenthood, where you have literally over 50% of African Americans aborting their children? Okay, that is what the African Americans need to be protesting. The fact that half of their race, millions every year, are dying through the abortion mills. Now, I'm not saying that, like, white-skinned or other races are, like, off the hook. But it's disproportionate. And they've targeted them. You know, in all honesty and in all fairness, they've targeted the the black races um, in, with Planned Parenthood in the inner season. And, in you know, they've really went after them. So here's more proof of that, where we have the tetanus vaccines found spike with sterilization chemicals to carry out race-based genocide against Africans. So, you know, it's just, like I said, they're just trying to kill you every way they can. And um, certain races they're after more than others. Uh, that's that's how they operate. So, uh, this all ties in, ultimately, though, with Obamacare. But this, this guy had went in. I, I listened to the interview, and he sounded credible. I mean, he admitted he had signed up for it. He admitted that you know, he broke his arm, he went in there, the guy that was interviewing him, both of them were supposedly born-again Christians, uh, and, I mean, the one guy I was interviewing was really vocal, 
about that. And um, so I have no reason to doubt he's not saved. And he said that um, he's interviewing the guy, and basically something to the extent that at the end, after the cast had been put on, they brought in two needles. One was the tetanus shot, um, and then the other was a RFID implantable microchip. And the doctor said, "We we um, this is optional." He said, "This is optional, but we need to do this so that you know." If you come in again, we'll just be able to scan your microchip and your, your records will be all right. They'll be just wonderful. You'll be, you know, save all kind of time. It'll be great. And the guy who was a Christian kind of came unglued and was like, no, uh-uh. He's like, okay, that's fine. That's fine. And the, and the nurse was like, what's the big deal? And he told, he started talking to her about, I think, Revelation, the Mark of the Beast. And then she was like, oh, really? And she didn't know. She actually came around, I guess. Um, now. I believe if that was going on on a mass scale, we would be flooded with reports on that. Not to say that they wouldn't cover up a lot, but there's no way, um, if this was going on on a mass scale, this wouldn't be coming out. What they always do, remember, they always beta test first. They always do it in small demographics, in small areas to see, engage, what the public reaction will be like. If they tried to implement this all at once, it wouldn't work. They need to gauge public reaction first. So, that just came out. And and um, that will be part of Obamacare, you know, the, all of that. So, uh, the disturbing pattern that emerges from Obama's policies and practices indicates a president who wishes to empower those who break U.S. laws and constrain those who follow the U.S. laws and want others to follow them as well. And again, if, if you're wicked, if you're evil, you'll be rewarded. In this system, legal aliens are, are rewarded. I'm not saying all illegal aliens are wicked evil, but what they're doing is, I mean, they're here illegally. They're, they're, they're totally sucking off the system illegally, but being rewarded for it. So, hey, you know, most of the time it's human nature. If you let somebody get away with something, they're going to keep doing it. That's what I've found. You know, that's why it's so important that we police ourselves. If, if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged, the Bible says. It's very important to judge, self-judgment is, is, Incredibly important. Because if you don't, then God will do it. If you're one of his children, you know, you will be chastened. And, and the Bible says if, if, you, if you're not chastened, chastened, and let's say you're living in habitual sin and, and doing whatever you want to do and living whatever way you want to live and, and you're not being chastened, well, you're not one of his children because of, of whom the Lord, Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. And if you be without chastisement, then you're bastards, which is nothing more than like an illegitimate child. So, um, anyway, let's go further here. But yes, in this present day and age, in this present wicked governmental system, wickedness is rewarded. Islam's being protected. It's being rewarded. The, the, the sodomite crowd is being protected and rewarded. The, the, the abortionists are being protected and rewarded. The wicked, uh, pharmacia medical model is being protected and rewarded. The Muslims and, and the illegal aliens, as I said, and, you know, Righteousness, though, that's what's attacked. That is what is, is, um, and it's, again, Second Amendment, Bible believers, um, you know, people that would be considered fundamental Christians, uh, pro-constitutional. I mean, these are all people that are, are the enemy, according to Big Brother. So, this goes from everything from immigration laws to drug laws and even extends to free speech and self-defense rights under the U.S. Bill of Rights. The United Nations Office for Disarmament Affairs, 
there is a United Nations Office for Disarmament Affairs, has announced that the Arms Trade Treaty, which regulates the international trade in conventional weapons from small arms to aircraft carriers, officially takes effect on December 24, 2014. So this just happened 10 days ago, essentially, a little bit over. Secretary of State John Kerry signed the treaty on on Obama's behalf on September of 2013, but 54 U.S. senators immediately released a statement at the time of at the time urging that Obama administration not try implementing the treaty without first getting Senate approval to do so. But in fact, but the fact is that while Obama has paid lip service to the Constitution on occasion. He actually never let the Constitution restrain him in practice. Article 2 of the UN Treaty delineates the treaty's prohibitions, which include prohibition to civilians, to the right to purchase, own, sell, trade, or transfer every kind of weapon that could be utilized for arms resistance, which means handguns, among other things, which means any type of firearm. This would leave all American citizens at the mercy of criminals, and potentially a tyrannical criminal government. Now, that wouldn't be potentially. It would be. We already have that. They just need to get the guns. <laughs> that's that's the big thing that, that all governments, you go back, you look at, look at them all. Pol Pot, Stalin, Hitler, they had to disarm the law-abiding citizens prior to whatever type of genocide they were going to implement. Over and over, you see that, just in the last hundred years alone. So... Um, I've got into that in several other teachings. That, that's why I'm so adamant about this, because I know that once that's done, if they're able to pull that off, all manner of wickedness will absolutely be unleashed upon the populace of the U.S. And um, I'm trying to prevent that wickedness from occurring, at least, or at least to prolong it as much as possible, um, to give the remnant more time to prepare, to, to hopefully that more people would be saved, that you know, the truth would get out there, that more people would get their, their eyes open. You know, just like, as a watchman, that's what I do. Trying to blow the trumpet when they see the sword come into the city. And, um, so let's go further here. Uh, Article 3 puts the ammunitions, munitions, fired, launched, or delivered by the conventional arms covered under Article 2, under the auspices of the treaty as well, as well, allowing their importation and sales to be regulated or even banned. Article 4 places all parts and components of weapons under the same style of regulation of the state. Article 5 has a general implementation section that orders all countries signing on to the treaty to establish and maintain a national control system, including a national control list, which I'm, I'm thinking would be like a natural re- registry database. The registry would exist to apply the provisions of this treaty to the broadest range of conventional arms. And ultimately, the treaty demands that national governments enact appropriate measures to enforce the treaty, including civilian disarmament. If these countries cannot get this done on their own, however, Article 16 of the treaty provides for UN assistance, specifically including help with the enforcement of stockpile management, disarmament, demobilization, and reintegration programs. And I've always said, foreign troops would be the most logical choice to try to disarm this country because there's too many in the military that are on board with this whole 
understanding the Second Amendment, understanding our wicked, evil government. Understanding I mean, uh, Obama's approval rate in the military is at a, is at a I mean, like some kind of historic low. So it's not like he's got the troops on his side. Okay. Yes, he has installed. I believe at this point, thousands of of uh, they've taken away thousands of either colonels, um, generals, majors, the the upper echelon, and replaced them with um, people that I'm I'm sure are more pledged to align themselves with what Obama wants to do. This is we've covered that over and over. This purging of the upper military, um, but still, it, it's tough uh, to. Fully, fully pull that off and, and to just create a... Or it's it's going to be impossible to create a fully, fully wicked, evil military and local government police system and all of these other systems. There, there's going to be too many people that have their eyes opened. So I think that's why this part of this treaty is in place. And we've talked a lot about foreign troops. The Russians, the Chinese, the you know UN peacekeepers. And that's what they're talking about here. That they could come come in and help with management of stockpile management, disarmament, demobilization, and reintegration programs. The UN peacekeeping forces could help signatories of the treaty to disarm their citizenry. Now bear all that in mind, what I'm saying here regarding what we're going to be covering next. Although the U.S. Senate has not ratified the treaty, President Obama has signed Executive Order 13524 to give Interpol full authority to conduct law enforcement activities inside the United States with full immunity from U.S. laws and complete independence from American oversight. So just to give you a little background on Interpol, uh, it stands for International Criminal Police Organization. is a non-governmental organization facilitating international police cooperation. Interpol has an annual budget of about 70 8 million pounds, most of which is provided through annual contributions by its members in 190 countries. The organization's headquarters are in Lyon, France. It is the second largest international organization after the United Nations in terms of international representation. So it's the, it sounds like it's the second interna- largest international potential police force. So if, if you were Satan and, and you wanted to have two things to fall back on to disarm America, knowing that its own military, there's going to be a substantial percentage of its own military and its own police force that will not get on board with this. Well, you want to have then the two biggest international police force organizations that have no allegiance to America and that may very well hate America waiting in the wings in order to do your bidding. It would only make sense. So, um, <clears throat> they will be given full immunity from U.S. laws and complete independence from American oversight. This means that Interpol is to be allowed to enforce international law, possibly to include U.N. treaties, uh, with Interpol agents deputized as U.N. peacekeepers. So they'll be literally yoked up with U.N. peacekeepers, and then you, you yoke them up with FEMA and Homeland Security. And then the other foreign troops on American soil. Now, again, this is if Satan gets every single thing he wants. This is what he would like to implement. Okay? And these are things that that we as Christians can pray against that, you know, they're hampered, hindered, don't happen. You know, these, these, there's a lot that can go wrong, obviously, when you've got this many 
wicked organizations to want, trying to all get on the get on the same team. There there can be a lot of things like infighting and in internal power struggles. So uh, the Interpol agents deputizes UN peacekeepers on U.S. soil without any check on its activities by U.S. authorities who have taken an oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States. This is a possible workaround in President Obama's efforts to enforce an illegal treaty through the use of cleverly designed executive order uh, that will certainly require court rulings to over... I mean, he's, he's as slimy as they come, Obama. And he's, he's always trying to you know, utilize workarounds and all kinds of treachery in order to implement his wicked, evil agenda. So, this is one of the things that would be very, very important to him. And Satan. Uh, who he works for, essentially. So, uh, the order was issued by President Obama on December 16, 2009, and as an amendment to Executive Order 12425. Obama's use of this executive order in this fashion would create a constitutional crisis. This would be a clear violation of the Constitution. But while the American people wait for the courts to clarify it as such, they could easily be subjected to a process of mass gun, gun confiscation in the meantime. Meaning if they brought Interpol in and uh, used this other little thing that he just did with uh, this executive order. Yeah, well, they're going to have a really tough time confiscating the guns here in this country just if they're going to just come out and supposedly do it. I mean, gun sales have been at all-time highs, ammunition sales, people are... Probably, I mean, I can't believe there's any other time in history, any other country ever in the history of humanity that was more armed than this country. And I mean, obviously, with the modern advent of firearms, you know, you can't really compare that to some country in the 1700s or in the, you know, 400 AD or something. You can't compare that, but there's no comparison, uh, I would say, ever in the history of mankind. So they're going to really have... uh, they're going to have the work cut out for them. And knowing that they're representing Satan, knowing that they are, are on the side of evil, they're um, literally on the side of, of evil, and they're going to try to implement their evil agenda. And that's why prayer is so important, and fasting, and, and the body of Christ coming against it from that standpoint. So going forward, it says, the loss of self-protection capabilities due to the victim disarmament would ensure would certainly result in significant loss of life to criminal elements during that time that all of this is playing out on a national level. Um, in other words, if they were able to disarm anybody, the criminals, that's what always happens. The criminals and the criminal government come in and just kill and slay as they please. Now, I've done enough studies over the last, however many years we've been going here, eight plus years, to know that a criminal takeover of the government is just about complete, particularly at the higher levels. So we know that their intentions aren't pure. We, we can see all of the wicked things they're doing overtly that we report on on, on a week-to-week basis just about, and, and with the newsletters I put out as well. So the last thing in the world you would want in that type of scenario is being you know, disarmed and helpless a nation disarmed and helpless against a wicked, tyrannical criminal government that is helping and actively promoting and supporting 
the criminal elements in this country, as I've mentioned earlier. So, yeah, it would be a very, very bad thing. Uh, and as a result of all of this, could well be that many Americans will never see the return of their self-defense weapons. I mean, no, if you ever give up your weapons, you're never going to see them again, that's obvious. Uh, this is due to the hasty destruction of them by the state, actual loss or theft of the weapons uh, while in the custody of the state, or even the corrupt pushback from state authorities claiming that they never took the weapons in the first place. Uh, they're probably just either going to be destroyed or wind up in the hands of, of outright criminals or, you know, the criminal government. To prevent Obama from fully exercising his propensity for executive outreach, the Senate and the House of Representatives should hold hearings once the new Congress is called into session to make it clear that the UN Treaty will have no effect on U.S. policy domestically or internationally unless the treaty is properly ratified by a two-thirds vote of the U.S. Senate. You know, that'd be great. Um, wonderful. I would pray it would happen, but, you know, so far, I've seen nothing to indicate, <clears throat> even though we're going to have a Republican majority in the House and the Senate, and there's a lot more governors now that are Republican, so far, nothing's been done. So far, nothing has changed. There's not this big sis boom ba rah 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 like you saw during these midterm elections where you know we're going to go in and straighten all this out. I understand that they haven't actually um, like it's it's once the new Congress is called into session that actually you know we're not quite there yet, but we'll see we'll see what happens. And um, again, this is why I do these teachings too to just create enough public awareness of what we're dealing with here. Okay, so then, in light of that, then a, a couple, actually I think three different uh, emails from the Q Alerts on Steve Quayle's website, that listeners write in. Uh, Nations have one year to crack down regarding the UN Small Arms Treaty, which is what we were just talking about, and must report to the UN by 12-24-2015. They must have that in their initial reports. The enforcement of the UN Small Arms Treaty went into effect on 12-24-14. But remember, it was, it's never been ratified yet. But is Obama going to use this workaround that he built into that other executive order in order to just go ahead and try to go along with it anyway? Um, is he going to try to just ratify it himself, rule by decree, rule as, as a dictator would rule? I mean, that's what he's been doing, you know. And so... Uh, We'll see. Deadline for the initial report of national implementation is 12, uh, December 24, 2015. There's a link to that from the UN to, to that whole, if you want to read more about it, there's a link here. You know there will come a time when we will not be able to buy ammo and or the devices for the ammo, meaning the firearms. Please remember that ICANN, which is the internet domain company that controls all domain names, was handed over to the global community which has heavy UN ties from the U.S. Um, and there's a couple press releases here that you can go click on to know more about that. The U.S. influence with this internet, with these domain names, expires on 9-30-2015. This sudden and highly controversial decision was years in the making. Now this is from one of those reports I just cited. Uh, and it arg arguably dates back close to two decades. Furthermore, despite the Internet being hatched in the U.S., the move to transfer control to the, quote, global community 
has accelerated in recent years under heavy pressure from foreign governments. It came as little surprise then that the United Nations Secretary, General Ban Ki-moon, on Tuesday praised the U.S. Commerce Department's decisions. So whenever you have the head of the U.N. praising a decision that the government is making, any government in the world, you know it's evil. You know it's really bad news. In other words, what I'm, I'm trying to get at here is the days of, of the uh, uh, unfettered free internet where, you know, like what I'm doing right now, uh, they may very well be coming to an end this year. Uh, depending on how quickly they can get this implemented, depending on how aggressive they are. And uh, again, something else to, to kind of pray about. But that's what that's all about, to end free speech on the internet. And they're trying to do that anyway, you know. So here's another report that ties in with this. And I, I like how these reports build on one another because it gives another little aspect of the big picture that we're talking about here in this first part of the study. And I would like to give your listeners a little bird's eye view as to what is going on in the military surplus arena. Now remember, this is another this is another email comment in the Q alerts. Uh, I'm a buyer of military surplus for some time now, and I'm beginning to see something quite extraordinary in the market. A huge amount of inventory being sold for pennies on the dollar. The military is selling what appears to be anything and everything from its bases all across the United States. Let me give you a short list of what I'm talking about. Tactical trailers, tactical trucks, tactical gear, like sleeping bags, boots, packs, vests, helmets, etc., etc., construction trucks, generators, Welding rigs, crane trucks. Now, this is good for my listeners to keep in mind, too, because I didn't know this was happening, and this could be a really good opportunity for some people that weren't aware that this was going on. If you can get something for pennies on the dollar, (laughs) you know. um, Welding rigs, crane trucks, basically any kind of vehicle or equipment that would be used to engineer and construct something. Kitchen items, meat grinders, slicers, fridges, ovens, the list is too long. Cabins. Uh, I'm not sure what he means by cabins. I mean, like, land where cabins are on? Anyway, regular trucks, more trailers, scrap metal of all kind, copper, brass, aluminum, etc., insane amounts of computers and monitors, medical equipment, industrial tools, CNC machines, arsenal equipment, insane amounts of ammo cans, tens of thousands of pounds of spent ammo casings in all calibers. Um, They're evidently not reloading anymore, just selling the brass for scrap. Gun racks and tooling, plumbing of every kind. You can see for yourself. It's www.govliquidation.com. I give you a link here if you want to uh, go into that. It's going to be at contendingfortruth.com for the January 4, 2015 teaching in the free PDF. Okay, and then going back to this, he said, and this isn't old stuff that they are getting rid of because they need new equipment. This is equipment and supplies that are that are either brand new or barely used. Uh, and I did go to, to the Gov liquidation, you know, I don't have anything to compare it to, but he obviously does. And I mean, they are selling tons of stuff, no doubt. Uh, he said, I was just out at Nellis Air Force Base last week and there's miles of surplus up for auction. Even saw an army tank. The list goes on and on. Without too much speculation, it would appear to me that the government's liquidating the majority of its own military surplus and personnel and not replenishing the surplus. Um, cutting back on our own military, getting rid of, like, let's say, the good generals and the colonels, and 
and you know downsizing our own military because we don't want to have a strong military if you're going to allow a takeover if you're going to allow an international governmental consortium takeover with UN peacekeepers and and Interpol and in Russian spetsnaz and in in Chinese troops and you don't want your own military being strong you want them being disarmed and weak so this would line up with that um and then he goes on to say, that syncs up with all the shenanigans this administration has evolved in daily. Fair warning to your listeners. When this thing goes hot, the only thing left to fight with will be what's under your bed or in your closet. Well, primary, I mean, don't forget about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. <laughs> okay, that's all I'm saying about that. Even though most of the military is awake, they won't have the proper tools to get the job done. So, see, again, that confirms what I just said about a lot of the military waking up. A lot of the military is has been woken up, okay? I mean, so, I, I think the powers that be are realizing that, and that's why this is taking place. I think they maybe at one point had very, very high hopes that they were going to be able to corrupt all the military and, you know, get them all on the side of evil and this type of garbage, but I think as maybe they've realized that's not going to be the case to the extent they've wanted it to be, this is their plan B. You know, and so they won't have the proper tools to get the jobs done. So if you're relying on your fellow American military to stand in front of you to fight your war, then guess what? You're done. That's from a guy named Dan. Now, this is from, in response to that, this is from a Brigadier General retired, first name Greg, and he, it's entitled, The U.S. Donald Cook Guided Missile Cruiser Incident Should Be a Wake-Up Call to Everyone. Brigadier General, retired. Dan's recent alert letter outing the tremendous amount of military surplus equipment that is now for sale or auction dovetails exactly with the letter I sent you a few weeks ago regarding the transition of the U.S. military to an expeditionary force. By definition, an expeditionary force are light and mobile. However, they are not built for protracted or heavy combat operations. Thus, the shedding of unnecessary equipment that Dan describes in the article we just read, the report we just read, makes perfect sense. The U.S.'s military foundational change from a theater-based force to a threat-based force was and is by design. And it brings with it the risks that most Americans do not yet comprehend. In general, I believe that the U.S. public has a frozen image of the U.S. capabilities. We still imagine we can successfully conduct two different theaters of operations as we did in World War II. Um, this is not even remotely true. Unless we are willing to resort to nuclear weapons and then accept the possibility or the probability that these weapons will be used against us as well. So in other words, the only way that we're going to have a war now uh, where we could have a two-pronged war where we were fighting in the Pacific and fighting in the, in the Atlantic, I mean on two sides of the you know, globe there, is if we engaged in a nuclear war. Because we don't have the troops, the manpower, the supplies um, to do it anymore, is what this retired Brigadier General is saying. Nor can we rest on the illusion that our technolog technological superiority will compensate for a diminishing force structure. The harsh reality is that the technology uh, superiority will compensate for our diminishing force structure. It's the illusion, though. Okay, 
The harsh reality is the technology gap between the military haves and the military have-nots has shrunk dramatically. The U.S. Donald Cook incident should be a wake-up call to everybody. We're going to get into that in a second, which has happened. So in other words, what he just said there is, we can rest on the illusion that our technological superiority will compensate for our diminishing force structure. Meaning, it doesn't matter that we don't have a lot less troops and a lot less things and, and that we're, we're selling off the military and, and downsizing and you know all of that. That doesn't matter because our technology is so great, we can compensate. But he's saying the harsh reality is the technology gap between the military haves, like, let's say, superpower, like the United States, and the military have-nots, like other countries that may wouldn't be considered a superpower, that has shrunk dramatically. Um, I am convinced the U.S. Navy is taking the situation very seriously. I am not sure the rest of our government is. I would, well, of course, Obama doesn't want, Obama was not put in office to do anything but to destroy this country, lock, stock, and barrel, from every possible angle imaginable. M- Morality-wise, militarily, you name it. He was put in here to destroy it, to degrade it, so that the takeover would be much more easier for, you know, the global government, okay, to implement the plan of the New World Order, to implement a one-world religion, one-world political system, one-world everything, like the Bible predicts, is going to happen. So, he says, uh, I would feel much better if there was an urgent concern, as we saw during the Sputnik era, rather than the seeming complacency I see now. Your friend in Christ, Brigadier, Brigadier General... Greg retired. Now, what was this whole thing that he mentioned about this U.S. Donald Cook? I didn't really know what he was talking about. I think I heard something about it, but this is what happened. Uh, this is a, this report is entitled, The U.S. is Unprepared for War with Russia. Russian aircraft buzzes American Aegis equipment destroyer and turns off the ship's defenses. Uh, I was alerted just the other day from a comment in an email about a very interesting incident that just happened last week, which was not reported by the liars in the mainstream media, because it made light of the fact that the U.S. is entirely unprepared for war with Russia. I want to share some very interesting details about this incident in this article. According to the following report from Russian radio website, and there's the website, it appears, and it's not source of fall either, where that all the garbage that comes from that devil, and I don't even know if that devil's even an operation, if she's an operation anymore, but that's just disinformation. It's the EU Times or Sorsha Fall. Uh, don't, that's disinformation. Uh, I have a whole file on that devil. I mean, Christ hating as you could get. So it's not Sorsha Fall we're talking about here. Russian radio website, there's the website here. It, it appears that an American Aegis guided missile cruiser. The U.S., and I'm going to explain what the Aegis part means in a second. The USS Donald Cook was in the Black Sea last week, April 14th, when a Russian Sukhoi Su-24 fighter flew nearby the vessel. The Russian fighter was equipped with the latest in Russian anti-radar jamming technology. And when the fighter turned on its radar jamming devices towards the U.S. Donald Cook, it was able to disable and blinded the ship's Aegis systems. This is technology from one plane? That was able to disable a whole, a whole missile cruiser's ship's Aegis system? Just one plane. 
No, the Aegis Combat System is an integrate, and I added this in so, so we could have more clarity here. The Aegis Combat System is an integrated naval weapons system developed by the Missile and Surface Radar Division, um, or RCA, and now produced by Lockheed Martin. It uses powerful computer and radar technology to track and guide weapons to destroy enemy targets. It disabled the whole thing, one plane. Now, going further to get a little more, this is from defensenews.com. This is from the military, because I wanted to see if they said anything about it. They, and here's right from their official report. I give you the link you can click on. A Russian fighter jet on Saturday made repeated provocative close-range, low-altitude passes above the U.S. Navy destroyer Donald Cook while it was steaming in the Black Sea, heightening the Cold War-style tensions that have continued to escalate for weeks, a defense official said. The RUS, the Russian Su-24 fencer, made a total of 12 passes above the destroyer that is equipped with the powerful Aegis missile defense system. The aircraft did not respond to multiple queries from the Donald Cook's bridge. Now, they don't, they leave out the part that their Aegis system was disabled, but why would it do 12 passes if it knew that it had missiles locked on it? from this cruiser, this destroyer. And theoretically, if it's doing this 12 times, I mean, that's pretty provocative, you know? I mean, <laughs> that's pretty bad. That could be considered an act of, of aggression, easily. If that plane, the point I'm trying to make is, that plane wouldn't have done that 12 times if it didn't know that it had disabled their systems. I don't think it would have. I don't think it would have been that bold. It would have been absolute insanity. But because it knew it did, it made 12 passes. Why? To make a big, fat exclamation mark that your technology, we can, we can, we can, we have workarounds for it. We're far superior to you in that regard. That's why I did it 12 times. I can't see any other reason. The aircraft did not respond to multiple queries. There's another act of, like, flagrant arrogance, thumbing their nose in your face. They, they, the aircraft totally ignored, the Russian aircraft totally ignored her. The Navy destroyer did not respond. <laughs> I wonder why. Probably couldn't respond. And the incident ended after about 90 minutes. 90 minutes this went on. 12 passes. It's quite a long time. This provocative and unprecedented Russian action is inconsistent with international protocols and previous agreements on the professional interaction between our militaries. Who said that? Army Colonel Steve Warren, a Pentagon spokesman, said Monday. This isn't front page news, but it is on defensenews.com. So, again, that's just showing, I guess, the own weakness of our own military that we're looking at here. Um... And that's becoming more glaring. I mean, think about it. If they're going to downsize, if they're going to sell off all their military surplus and they're st- selling stuff, pennies on the dollar, and they're weakening our military, wouldn't this include, wouldn't this be part of weakening our military, making sure that our technology is actually becoming subpar compared to other superpowers? Kind of would make sense. Kind of would be setting us up that we actually may be thinking we can defend ourselves but actually can't defend ourselves if things went to a hot war. So, uh, I'm just saying, that's, that's what's going on there. Now, we're going to switch gears, and um, now let me see here if I want to start a new part. 
Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and start another part here. We're, we're going to switch gears into a totally different direction now. So uh, I'm going to end part one here, and we'll go to part two next. God bless you. Scott Johnson's 800-plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the Internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G for F-O-R truth, T-R-U-T-H dot com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is 2359 Highway 70 Southeast, box number 321, Hickory, North Carolina, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.